On episode 306 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn how to play looser and more relaxed tennis with Jeff Greenwald. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I hope you're doing well and improving your tennis game. And today we've got a great episode with Jeff Greenwald, who is an internationally recognized sports psychology consultant and the author of a fantastic uh, tennis psychology book, The Best Tennis of Your Life, and and uh, he owns the Fearless Tennis brand. I've had Jeff on numerous summits and podcast episodes, and that's for obviously the reason uh, that he is fantastic at discerning um, the best uh, routines and habits um, to increase your mental game fortitude. So, um, on today's episode, we're going to have Jeff talk about and answer questions from the audience on the most common pressure situations and how to handle them to play looser and more relaxed tennis. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. This was a great discussion and I'm excited to bring it to you. So without further ado, here's my discussion on the mental game with Jeff Greenwald. Well, let me start it off for you, Jeff. So one question for you is... Why do we often struggle executing a command like just go for your shots? So, I mean, in other words, why does the body often brace on contact and not finish the shot, even though you tell yourself to do it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the old inner game of tennis, which, uh, you know, in terms of um, trying to execute something naturally. uh, And this is something that that every player deals with, first of all. Right. I just say that every player at every level deals with tightness and you know back talks about it all the time he said in fact there's not a match he's ever played that he didn't feel a little anxious right so but as far as the commanding yourself which is so common to to sort of tell yourself you know you're a little tight and tell yourself to go for your shots and then you do or you try to you either miss or you you brace as you said uh, the body uh, you know intuitively if you think about it uh, telling yourself to do something that you naturally feel is the right thing to do, and you probably did the day before in practice, there's sort of a lack of trust and an unwillingness to miss a shot. It's like, uh, it looks that I don't know if the internet um, is going out a little bit or, or what. Can you hear a me? A tiny bit, but you're, you're, you're back now. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about trusting okay. yourself, right? Okay. Trusting your body and, and the willingness yeah. to hit through the ball to finishing your shot. And and being okay with with misses, yeah, which is crucial, yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, I will interject with a question from the audience. So, hello, Jason, good to see you. If someone is interested in doing what you do and want to make it as their career, how should they get started? So clearly, Jason's inspired by um, all the great stuff you're doing. Well, yeah, Jason, um, uh, certainly, a, I think a field that's growing. Uh, you know, every year, and certainly the pandemic uh, opened it up even more uh, in terms of athletes being more open and honest about. Um, the reality on the inside, right? What's happening 
in their heads and their bodies. And so, yeah, as far as starting, I'd say that uh, finding a, a program to, you know, in school to begin uh, learning more about the field, about the mind body and different avenues, strategies and so forth, but getting a foundation in, in human behavior. And cause I think that's really important to, uh, you know, tools and strategies are one thing and then understanding the mind and how the mind works and the brain, how, how that all uh, interacts, especially under pressure and is something that you can't just pick up in a book. You can certainly apply some strategies and matches, which is why we're having this conversation. But as far as being really helpful to people with nuanced issues and different temperaments and personalities and yeah, so forth. His, yeah. Histories. You really want to learn, get a foundation in, in the field of, of neuroscience even now, I think more and more. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Uh, Mike asks, or actually he says, saw you play at LJBTC in December. I was warming up a younger friend for some of his matches. Uh, very cool. What do you focus on when playing younger players? That's, that's an interesting question and an appropriate one because I, I am older now, playing in the 40s. I'm 56 now. And But interestingly, I appreciate your question, Mike, because I I really feel strongly that you want to go out and and execute your own intentions, what you need to do to feel good about your game, to to play your best, and hopefully you have some you know cues and adjustments and things you you are aware of. But I really um, try to, and I think succeed often, and not not worrying so much about my opponent. Obviously, I'm assessing their weakness and you know forehand, backhand, et cetera, and matching that to what I like to do, which is hit a lot of forehands, but. Um, it, it's, uh, I really try to do what I do. I try to stay in the driver's seat and, and not get too swayed by my opponent's, uh, youth and inexperience as Ronald Reagan once said in a, you know, I, I don't hold it against them. They're inexperienced, even though they move perhaps better than I do. So. Yeah, yeah, it's continually just trying to execute your strengths against the weaknesses. Um, great stuff, regardless of the uh, age. Um, let's see. Uh, so another question um, while we wait on some. Oh, well, we, we've got another question, but I'll ask one uh, and we'll flip back. So, Jeff, is there a difference in regards to nerves and tension between the pros and then us competitive league players? So uh, great question. You know, you know, muscle tension and 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 nerves. Um, we all are human, right? So we share that. Uh, and the to degree to which we allow the nerves to affect us, I think, is the is the primary difference. Obviously, pros, college players have more experience and played more matches. And so there's been an exposure to performance and pressure for a long, long time. Um, and some folks who, who have been playing for a few years or and stopped for a while and came back to tennis that you know, these situations, these moments with your teammates hanging on the fence or the matches riding on uh, or, yeah, the matches riding on your per personal match. It, it can be a lot of pressure, but it's it's really not not panicking. I often say it's the anxiety of the anxiety that is really the first thing you need to work on removing. If you can sort of when you have the jolt of nerves, adrenaline, the tightness, your feet stop, maybe your arm won't go through the ball. Right. There's so many different sort of permutations of being tight and nervous. And, and so it's, it's this reaction we have to that feeling when you're on the court and you're in the middle of it, that if you can be better at expecting that 
tension to show up, knowing it's normal, then you'll be better sort of prepared to accept it, accept it when it happened and be more committed to your intention. So ultimately you're more committed to finishing your shop, for example, than you are caught in the score. And I know that takes a little time moving the needle from score. Oh God, I'd be up 40 love and, uh, and then all the score based thinking rather than focusing in on what you have control over and what really matters to you, hopefully more as much, or maybe even more than the, the winning and losing. I know that takes a little time, but I, I've turned a lot of people toward the let's focus on what you can control, finish your shots. If that's something that's important to you and guess what happens anyway, you miss less, you win more. So you then are your own advocate, but I'd say the diff that's the biggest difference. Players at lower levels sort of panic a little bit more. The anxiety of the anxiety is actually higher than at the, at the higher levels. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff, Jeff, uh, per usual. So the questions are streaming in here, uh, which is fantastic. So Christina um, says, I feel like coaches often ask us not to play to our natural abilities. Like if you're really good at swinging volleys, they say don't do that. That's a low percentage shot. How do you differentiate? Yeah, so I mean, it's interesting because um, I appreciate that because I know this is a whole area in terms of, and, and I I hope this helps folks in terms of like everyone has their own learning style and their own a way of approaching their own history, frankly, with the game, forehand, backhand, success in both and volleys, et cetera. And, and, and if a coach happens to be more of a, they were a, play, a baseliner themselves perhaps and never had a swing, never used a swing volley, you know, it's, it's often you see that in the, in the women's game more, right? But I think that it's it's really important to you know be clear with coaches of what what you want too and why you're interested in so that you, because they may not if you don't let them know and aren't you're on you're not your own advocate they're going to often teach what they want and they'll focus in on a stroke that they want so I just I would suggest or invite everybody to be really critical consumers when you get a coach who says we're doing this and they start focusing on one shot and and exclude others that you really want to work on, speak up, right? But I think uh, coming into the net and, you know, a lot of opp opportunities there to, to use a swing volley and why not have another tool in your, in your toolkit? And if it's fun to do, then I believe in, uh, in working on that too. So yeah, be clear with your coaches, I think is important. Collaborate. Don't let them just tell you what to do all the time. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So great to see Jennifer uh, from TennisCon Live. Uh, hey, Jennifer, I returned from TennisCon Live and shared some of your tips on breathing and relaxing, uh, which are great tips. I'm, I'm using them now, too. Please suggest how to respond to a player <laughs> who says, OK, but we're not playing Wimbledon. Hmm. Mm, I love that. Well, I wonder, Jennifer, if that uh, is and I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm really happy that the, that the breathing and so forth is helping for you and. Breathing is such a great tool. As far as the okay, when it is, I'm curious if that's the partner saying that or it's people trying to cross the court. A lot of times, you know, people are getting irritated and, you know, or they're crossing the court. It's not Wimbledon here, you know, so, but uh, I'm, I don't know if that's a partner, but I, I don't know if that is a partner, then there certainly needs to be a conversation off after the match and, uh, you know, about intentions and what your objectives are and yeah. whether you want to play with that person anymore. But because you can be, in, you know, look um, at every level, I don't care what level, you know, you, 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 you guys listening to this, I'm quite sure love the game and are very motivated and want to improve. 
And so, and some people don't though. Some people want to just win, right? Let's be honest. Some people just want to win and get through it. And they're not insightful or they're not really thinking about improvement. They're thinking about winning, right? So you're going to come up against us. In fact, I, I'll share this one anecdote really quickly from a, a client of mine this morning. He was super skeptical. He's he was He called me because he wants to play looser and freer and finish his shots and all that stuff. And he'd been reading my book, et cetera, and other things. And he, he said his, you know, Jeff, do you, is it, you want people to give up winning and losing and the desire for that? And like, really, we should just go have fun. And I said, no, 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 no. You want to win. You, of course you do. And it, and it, and it beats losing, of course. Although I'd say the, the pain in losing is worse than the joy in winning maybe. But the, you know, that, you know, he was a little skeptical that he could do it, but he started to sort of move the needle on, you know what, I'm going to focus on my, what I've controlled. I'm going to focus on finishing my shots, period. That's what I'm going to really commit to. And to get data, to see if that worked, to see what would happen when he chose to finish shots before the match. He went out and played, he said, the best tennis of his life. He's a 3-5. He was neck and neck in, in tiebreaker. Lost a tiebreaker to a 4-0 player, right? Pretty good jump. He was all in. He was being a little more curious when he missed instead of holding back when he missed. And it went, it went beautifully. And then just yesterday, he was in the locker room and a guy said, hey, you know, go get him. I think you can win this. And he said, well, you know, I'm just actually more concerned how I hit the ball. I'm really looking forward to to being loose and, and, and just focusing on that, you know, and the guy, oh yeah, yeah. The guy said, yeah, yeah, totally. That's how I feel. And so we often get people who are caught in the, I need to win. And what do you think of me? And uh, where am I going to stand and the status and all the things that happen, right. Can happen in the brain. And, and you can start to shift that in your own mind. And then you, and, and so whatever a partner is doing or saying, or other people, know that they may very well be simply caught in, you know, there's nothing more important than just winning this thing. I would say focus on the things you can control that you've practiced and that means something to you. Hitting through the ball, going to the net, hitting a swing volley. You can just laugh off, you know, your partner. You don't need to take that. You can just kind of, okay, talk to him later. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that anecdote because I think I'm really big on many years ago. I did Fearless Tennis 2002 the audio program. And um, I, I said, you know, what's the first question we get after you play? Uh, what is it? Did you win? How'd you do? And everybody's, right. how'd you do? Did you win? Did you win? It's like, well, what about how, how'd you play? What, how'd you play today? You know? I played loose. When someone asks you, how'd you do? Did you win? Say, I played, I played pretty well. I had great, I had fun. I do it all the time. I make, make people crazy. How'd that tournament go, Jeff? Like, great. I, play, I felt really good. It was fun. A lot of fun this year. Yeah. Like, oh, great. I'm glad to hear it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Smart. I love, I love that. Let's see here. Danita, how do you eliminate, reduce the tension, tightness, nausea, the tightness again, et cetera, associated with match play? It's truly tough when it affects play in this situation versus casual play. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys some nuggets here. Okay. So look, Set the intention before you walk on the court. Two, one or two, no more. Okay. Where you want to breathe between points. You want to focus on one point at a time. You want to hit, finish your shots. Pick one or two intentions, and really, really, you know, 
and they prioritize those. Okay, so you have that context, that mindset. You're gonna; these are the things you're gonna work on in the match. Also, breathing is is it, which you probably know and you may do, but it's important to do it correctly. That's in through your nose and out through your mouth. I like to practice a four seconds in, one second hold, six out. Feel free to do it with me if you guys want to one time. Four in, one hold, and six out. Two, three, four, five, six. Okay, so you are activating what's called the parasympathetic nervous system. This is the fire extinguisher on the fire. This is the brake on the car. This will relax you. You need to do it a lot. Do it off the court, do it in the car here and there, through your day. Just one breath here, one breath three times a day you can do. But if the breath becomes more normal and you generalize it, when you do it in the match, it won't be like, oh, my God, I'm going to use that breath thing because it's four all in the third and these opponents are nightmares. So I'm going to breathe now. Jeff said breathe. So, But if you don't practice it, it's going to be like associated with, with, with pressure. And it's just important to do it correctly. If you do it correctly, it will kick in this parasympathetic response and it truly works wonderfully. Now, if you're tight in the match, it take, you know, you're really feeling tight and panicky. It, it takes about five to seven minutes of, of just continual breathing, take you a couple games probably to get you, get it down. Uh, it doesn't just go away, right? That's where the difference between the pros and it's you manage it. You manage attention. You allow yourself to hit through the ball a little bit more, moving the needle. You're working on with your cues and your things, but you don't, you don't get rid of it right away. The breath will not do that once you're already tight and in that state. It's more of a gradual uh, relaxation. So, but the, the intentions, breathing, visualization can be good. See what you want to see. See yourself hitting a few shots, feeling good being confident, sticking to those intentions. You can see that in your mind. Um, don't rush to the courts. Make sure you got time. Do a little bit of mental prep before the match, some breathing, visualization, get on a bike or get, get the blood going. But anyway, there's a lot you can do before you even step on the court. That's enjoyable as well, by the way. It's not like a chore, right? So enjoy all of it. Prep, you know, before the match, enjoy the adrenaline a little bit. You'll calm down if you if you focus on the right things, you know. I really love that breathing technique. I, I, you know, after I did it, I felt like some sensation in my head as well. It was very, very interesting. Yeah. So very cool. I bet you did that technique when I sent you the wrong link today. <laughs> I did. I thought, well, this would have been a time where I would, I could get tight and a little bit like, oh, the, it's 1202 and yeah. people will be on already. And I'm like late, yeah. but That's, you know what? You got a perspective is important. And, yeah. and under pressure, it is so easy to just, go right to panic, right? Whatever the, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. I find that often just an aside that those of you who've read my book or know my work, you know, look out at a tree when you're playing a match to like get, get connected to nature a little bit. Like yeah. we get so micro focused on the score and the future that it's like, we've got to like do some things, smile, tree, look at the tree, you know, and we're, cause you're really trying to regulate yourself. If you feel good, or better, looser perspective, you're high-fiving your, your partner and kind of connecting a little bit, you're going to feel better, play better, and frankly, you'll win more anyway. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Great stuff, uh, Jeff. Let's see. Ronald, uh, what are some keys to playing all points with the same importance, not attributing too much importance to add-out points versus 40-love? Great question. Yeah, 
So, um, so I, I feel like, you know, my, my philosophy is to play uh, every point similarly. Now, Brad Gilbert, you know, would, you know, he, I actually saw him a couple of days ago. We have a slightly different view. He's very, very score based and, and which can work really well for some people. And, and I'm sort of more on the side of playing, again, the shots that you know, the shots that you, you um, like to hit, doing what you do well. And of course, you're going to try to direct it to their weakness as best you can. But I just feel like the, the runway is longer. The future is brighter when you really commit to your intentions. And so I, I come back again to intentions and state, how you feel and doing your routines, breathing and so forth. And, and those will help you play points more consistently well, more and not have that same fluctuation. And so, and, and you know, uh, but to, to be fair and, to, you know, we're human and, and there, certainly if you're up 40 love, there is a moment or, or add out and you've been deuce add, you know, that you're going to be affected by the score to some degree at certain times. I mean, that's a natural uh, tendency, but I'm, tr- I'm talking about sort of let's can we level the playing field a little bit score is there you may take a little more license at 40 love and go for something do something first strike out wide and then for you may choose to come to the net or do something great but we tend to get caught if it's if you're excited if you're happy you're up 40 love how do you feel when you're down love 40 but it can be a little bit of a yo-yo so I just like to kind of stick to your routines and intentions and so on and I find that to be more effective than being too reactive to the score. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, Jeff. Uh, let's see, Faith. Hello, Faith. Uh, hey, Jeff Mirabon. This is Faith hey, from Mark Camp. Yeah, yeah, so so great to see you. And I think she has a yeah she has a question as well a little bit later down, which I'll get to in a sec. Hey, Emma. So great to catch you guys live. Yes, looking forward to your session tomorrow. Let's see. And then yeah, Faith, uh, Jennifer. Um, Danita says. With all the tension, the fun of playing gets lost. It definitely is really stressful when you're uh, when you have a lot of tension. Can you remember a match like like that where you were just super tense? <laughs> oh man, um, it really does get lost, and it's like it's so funny. Uh, I was just I was hitting with a guy the other day, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I remember to focus on the ball. It goes so much better. This, this yellow ball, right?" And then <laughs> when I and and the same kind of goes with remembering to enjoy your match and and having fun because. You know, it does the tension and all the, the negative thoughts and being in the future or the past and not being present is it's just um, it is it's stressful. And 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 I typically before a match, in fact, many, many years now, before the first point, I'll turn to the back fence away from my opponent. I'll just smile and I'll say, have fun, Jeff, have fun. And, and I come back. You know, just a reminder, because it's like, you know, all the all the prep and this match means something. And you just it's like and the, we're, you know, we're playing tennis. If your forehand or if you lose or you miss some forehands, if that's the worst part of your day, honestly, I I do believe it's a pretty damn good day and you got life by the tail. But, um, you know, if you find that you're too tight and you're, you're just just try to smile, you know, I mean, you know, everybody, you guys can do this with me if you want, but it like, like just kind of go up like this and, and smile and say, I'm so sad right now. I'm so sad right now. So sad right now. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you go down and we go look down and we're bummed and we're just, we drop the shoulders a little bit. Do it with me. Come on, do it. Take a risk. Yeah. Nobody can see you anyway. Right. 
But now, God, I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. So pumped right now. Like, so the body, you don't feel pumped when you're, when you're slumped and you don't feel sad when you're up like this. So the body, how you carry yourself and looking at a tree and breathing and smiling and all these things. I know they see, it's like, what the hell? I got to do all this stuff. But, you know, you've got these tools to use because it, it's your, this is the place you want. You want to be managing this better, like an instrument. Think of your body as an instrument. You got to tune it. If it's not tuned, it's it's going to be a tough day, right? You know, you got the score and wind and your partner who's eye rolling you and, you know, whatever, like your opponents maybe make some bad line calls. If you don't have your, your oxygen mask on, it's going to be tough. So I came up with these three dials, loose, focus, and intensity. And you can get this. It's in my course, Fearless Tennis. It takes you through, how do you do this? How do you get looser in the upper body? How do you focus on the right things at the right time? And how do you have the right intensity in the feet too? So loose focus and intensity. If you can dial these, these qualities in, you're going to have a good day quite often. I promise you. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, let's see. So faith has a great question. Um, so Jeff, I'm doing great at remembering to breathe on the return of serve and often on baseline ground strokes, but I'm not remembering to breathe on any other shots. Does it just take time? Yeah. So no, that's, that's a great question, Faith. Like, I'm glad you're doing the breathe, um, you know, breathing on the return ground strokes. That's huge improvement because all, 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 you know, in this case, everybody was, was holding their breath and it's, it's not yeah. uncommon, right. To hold your breath when you're hitting, you'd be surprised. So I, I encourage everybody when you're hitting, when you go out next and hit, just see, notice, don't do anything different. Are, are you holding your breath? Are you releasing that? As far as all the others, you know, the, the volleys, the serve, I, I think that, you know, you can, you can take practice and, and do it more with those shots, right? And as you become more aware of this, as the breath becomes a priority, or you feel like it is one of the most more important aspects in a match, especially, you'll do it more, um, again, doing it off the court, you know, walk into the car and around the house for just take one, one good deep breath. And it just becomes part of your, your life and a way to reset, you know, the water starts rising over the glass and it's, it's like before it starts spilling over, like just, just take a deep breath, reset. So I think that will help you naturally start to just kind of, it'll start showing up more often in lots of areas, you know, and, and not, not so sort of um, manufactured, more automatic. Yeah. Right, right. Awesome. Thanks, Chef. Um, Tennis Addict, I like the name. Hi, guys. Um, (laughs) When I play relaxed, I do not have a strong motivation to win, and so I lose the match. How could I be more motivated to win and be relaxed so that I could win more matches and have more fun? Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) Thank you for that, Tennis Addict. (laughs) I love it. Uh, So, look, I named this dial loose many years ago. For this reason, really, because relaxed isn't really, and I know that was in the title either way, like it, it Maribon, next time we'll, we'll get a little clearer on it. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, it's <laughs> like, but that's how a lot of people think of it, right? But it's really not, you know, the loose part is because you're feeling looser in your wrist and your shoulder hitting through finishing, right? It's got a looser quality to it. I'll talk about that in a, in a minute. I'd like to, but but it's not relaxed like that, that whole sort of 
gestalt or whatever, of being relaxed. And when you're watching a show, a movie and hanging out, you know, that it's not that, right? This is a match you care about, you want to win, you'd like to, you want to execute, play well, you know, um, make good on the lessons you've been taking, et cetera. And you want to, you want to feel like you're doing what you believe you can do out there. And so the, the, it's really about being looser, committed to, to finishing your strokes one shot at a time, one point at a time. And, and the motivation is about mastery. It's about doing that. It's about executing the things you say are important. It's about, you know, wanting to maybe win this match and seeing how you're doing under pressure. And um, so, so, they're really the motivation shouldn't go away. So if you're really kind of uh, clear about looseness, which is a physical feeling more than it is like relaxed. So just let's just be clear about the distinction between relaxed and loose, I think is important on that. Yeah. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Thanks, Jeff. Um, let's see, Jay, look, what if you're too loose and not focused on winning? Like when you have no urgency to win the point and just end up hitting around and then lose the point by not taking advantage of weaknesses. Hmm. Right. Okay. So I, I feel like, I mean, being focused on winning, I mean, we'd have to have a conversation about that, but that's always the context, right? I mean, there's always this tension between winning and losing. So every match you play, you know, there's no tie. You're going to win or you're going to lose, which is cool if you see it that way. Um, and so it's, it's, that's the, what's bringing you to the table. Like, you know, there's a winner and, and you kind of want to see what today is going to bring. And you, you intend and believe you can win. You know, hopefully you believe you can win. You don't know if you will or not, right? Nobody does, not even Novak usually but you believe you can and you want to, um, you want to walk off and have that feeling and, you know, and so you can be, so it's sort of, you can be loose because that's the feeling you've trained. You practice it. You have the contrast between what tight feels like and what loose feels like. Right. So I encourage you to like do both purposely hit tight a little bit. I use a dial one to 10 and six and above gets kind of tight. Seven is getting very tight and three, four, five range is looser, lower on this tension dial, lower the number, the better. So if you kind of go do a four, four hand, four, what does that feel like? Releasing, releasing the ball. And what is a seven feel like, right? And you have the contrast, which is important to know the difference, right? And top pros know the 0.5, like I could tell you that was a 6.5 versus, you know, you get to be tuned like that, but yeah, the, the, the winning is always there. You always want to win. I mean, if you saw me play, I'm I'm fighting, running for every ball, um, you know, spilling it out. I'm not, and I, I want to get every ball. I want to, I'd love to win every point. I know I'm not going to, but, but I want to be how I hit the ball, how you hit the ball matters. Right. So, it's really a matter of like, do you, do you want to be loose and move your feet and, and know what that feels like? 
and of course, all the while you're, you're trying to get to the, to the finish line, but you're doing it in a way that you feel good about after it's over. You can feel good about how you did it. Gotcha. Thanks, Jeff. And I did change the title slightly more fearless tennis now. <laughs> um, uh, let's see here, Christina, if you play better coming from behind or as an underdog, how do you tap into that when you're the better player? How do you tap into it when you're the better player? Um, so I remember Jeff, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I think Brad was telling me that he would, uh, Brad Gilbert, sorry, he would tell himself that he was behind, even though he wasn't. And then, but it's funny because he told me or told us that um, he told Agassi to do this. And Agassi said, what are you doing? Like, I can't do this. <laughs> so I wonder what you think about that. And obviously the question just generally. It's a great, great question. Right. And, yeah. um, and I was asked this too by a college coach not long ago. Mm-hmm. And I will caveat this by saying that, um, that, every, that we're all, of course, you know, different in certain ways. Yeah, certainly. We all share human qualities and some more than others. And, um, and so, uh, what works for one person is, you know, isn't necessarily going to work for another. Right. And that's, that's important to know yourself. Right. And you get to know that's part of it all. You're more aware. I um, loved personally being um, an underdog. I, I was in those situations for sure. And I always did very, very well in those situations. I liked the challenge. I, of course you have nothing to lose when you're the underdog um, or you feel like you do, you have nothing to lose and they have it. And so, you know, but then what, if, you know, the question is, well, what if you're, you're not the underdog, right? And can you trick your brain? So I do think that, you know, as Brad was talking about that, that if you have an imagination and you understand that you're not like tricking yourself as much as you are acting up the way you want to feel. So let me, let me go. Like if you, if you like actors and act, actors and actors, they have to drop into a state. They have to take on a mindset and, 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 and embody that somehow, like be that. And so I used to actually take Andre's returns when I played at times and I would, I would channel Andre uh, on the return and, and it helped me go forward. It helped me uh, kind of believe that my return was better. I have, my return is my best shot. Uh, maybe it became that, not just because of that, but I, I you know, I, I drew upon that. So I think we can, draw upon certain strategies, ideas, and, and sort of quote, pretend. So some people can do that and some people don't want to do that. Right. Um, it doesn't come as naturally. I think that when you are more um, focused on mastery, on executing what you want to execute, what you've been practicing, and you really genuinely care about the playing this way, loose, focused, you don't need to play these tricks as much or you don't need to kind of act your way there as often because you really are immersed and connected to what i'm suggesting intentions and breathing and you know hitting through to your target finishing your shots you know these are your your things and and you you take joy from those and and of course when you win but you do have available to you this sort of acting your way there i talk in my book behave your way into the zone i chapter three i don't know i think but behave your way you know, you see Sharapova used to pump her fist and Osaka too, like before returning, she'd squeeze and release, squeeze and release. This is part of knowing what tension is and getting better at letting go of tension. This comes from progressive muscle relaxation, 
Herbert Benson, who created the, this really, really effective technique to release tension. And so you can do that. I have an audio on my website, I believe. By the way, under resources, you can just go and download that uh, for free. And so, but it, this teaches your nervous system how to actually let go of tension. And so I'm, I'm kind of going on a few tangents here, but I, di- I just want to say that, you know, use what you can, act your way there if you need to at times, turn the score around every now and then if you, if that's something you, I have done that a few times, you know, in, in really tough situations. But uh, I, I prefer generally to, to execute on intentions and focus on mastery. And I have found that to help me win more anyway. So it kind of worked, you know. Yeah, I certainly did. Awesome. Let's see. So quick. Okay. So Gabriella um, has some tennis elbow shoulder discomfort. So what tips do you use mentally to focus and forgive yourself? Hmm. Hmm. So I guess, yeah, if you've played with an, I'm sure you've probably played with a injury or a a niggle or something like that. Maybe like any mental techniques you've used. Well, I have a golfer elbow now. I'm getting, Oh, getting close to and then I had tennis elbow this year has been uh, elbow right elbow uh, stuff but uh, by the way sh- uh, shock wave therapy just anybody who um, you know hopefully you don't live in the area because then it'll be harder to get an appointment but shock wave therapy is unbelievable for uh, tennis elbow and unreal like three sessions gone it's crazy I've had tennis elbow four times and I had a friend who had golf elbow on both arms you know four sessions completely gone and it was months of doing other stuff shockwave therapy i just uh, had to throw that out there because i i'm a big believer of it but as far as the um you know discomfort like i mean that's you when you're look i'll just say this when you're focused on the ball and what you're doing and you you accept the injury i think a lot of times we we don't accept it so we're fighting with ourselves we're fighting the fact that we have it, it's not going to go away and we're beating ourselves up maybe. So I don't know. I, I think gratitude is also helpful coming back to a place of, you know, you may have tennis elbow, but how bad, I don't know how bad it is, but like, um, you know, there's worse career ending stuff that people will never get past. So, but do take care of that. And you can, whatever you can sort of take care of, whether that's rest and, doing the right strengthening. Some players don't take enough time to, to heal and, and to do the exercises that will help them. So that's important too. And you probably forgive yourself less if you're doing the things that can help you uh, repair it. Um, so, but yeah, I, I hope that improves Gabriella. And if you have shockwave therapy in your area, then, then give it a shot, you know, and let me know how it goes too. Yeah. Cool, cool. Very interesting. And and yeah, just as an aside, you know, tomorrow at I think noon Eastern time, we've got a tennis elbow session with with Emma oh, here. So nice. that'll be really cool. And and she says, uh, hit, uh, hit her up <laughs> if you have any yeah. questions. I would love to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So let's see. Um, excellent presentation. Learning a lot. Greatly appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Artie. Uh, Heidi, hi. How does one increase focus? Is that only from breathing? Hmm. Yeah. So I love it. Thank you, Heidi. Heidi, Paul. Yeah, Heidi. No, that's uh, that's look, our, our focus now with with technology is getting even more tricky. Right. It's getting harder to sustain focus, I think, um, not only on the court, off the court. Right. Sustaining focus. I'll say this couple things, because focus is really the doorway into your 
more consistent performances. Uh, refocus may be more important even than focus, right? Re the ability to refocus your attention because we're, you're going to lose it. Everybody does, you know, and, and to know that, right? To not be also kind of like the tension. Don't be alarmed when you're tight. Don't be alarmed when you lose your focus, right? So one quick anecdote, I was playing a guy, uh, Francisco Clavet, I may have mentioned this last year, I don't know. And I, he was at 17 in the world. He beat, he beat Federer, beat Hewitt twice, Agassi beat, beat a lot of guys. I'm playing him on semifinals in the 40s there. And I was down um, 3-0 in the first set playing on the front court. I'd won the world championships once there. And so I'm playing, there's a good, pretty good crowd and I'm down 3-0. I don't think I'd won a point yet. And I was tight. And I actually, in my mind, saw a scoreboard of 6-0 that I was going to lose 6-0. <laughs> and, you know, you'd think that would be really jarring, right? Like to see that. And now I had that thought. It's like, oh God, you know, you're going down the rabbit hole. But I recognized that it was just a thought. So I lost my focus. I kind of smiled like, oh, you know, wow, okay. That's a pretty bad one. <laughs> you know, but I, that thought was pretty, pretty, it was almost, it was actually like a visual even, you know, which is worse probably. Um, but I went back, I refocused and focused, said, okay, what, what, what do you got, Jeff? What do you got here? What can you do? Use your asset, which was my forehand. So I did three, one, three, two, three, three. Four, three, five. I won, five, you know, whip and tuck. I won seven, six, the first set, but he got me in the third set. But like, I, I was able to refocus. And I think that's really important that these moments that we hit the bump and it can be a jarring one at first, but it's like, wait, 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 that's the first thought. Okay. Next thought, you know, what are you going to focus on? Come back to those intentions I mentioned earlier, but also just sort of practically, you can practice your focus all day. I mean, look, you, you're walking, to, to the coffee shop and you're waiting for, you know, for your coffee, you go on your phone, blah, blah, blah. you know, you could be distracted all day long and we are, <laughs> but if you take, if you have awareness, if you're mindful, if you choose to like, you know what, I don't really want to think about that. Or I don't, I'm not going to pick up my phone. I'm going to give myself five minutes, two minutes. I'm not going to go onto the phone and, you know, and you shift your focus to something else off the court. You, you get better at changing the channel, right? You get better as you do this aware of where you what channel you're on i'm on the oh i hope i win channel i hope i don't lose mm -hmm. channel or which say outcome you're on the outcome channel and you want to go to the mastery channel you know what what do i want to do in this match i want to focus on you know i want to finish my shots and uh, you know and and focus on the ball you know and that narrow focus on the ball really helps so you can practice this off the court take a tennis ball look at a ball time yourself you know, how long can you keep your focus on the font of the ball, the color, et cetera? You know, can you maybe 20 seconds, you know, 25? How You can do that, you know, five times a night for a few nights. Just practice. See how long can you keep your attention on the ball before a thought comes in? Oh, I, I got to make dinner, you know? So that's another technique. There's a lot of different ways, but I'm, I like to think that you can practice this whenever you want in life. Just like, okay, I'm on that channel. Do I need, do I want to be on that? No, I don't. Let's shift it. Yeah. So you can't have two thoughts at once. If your focus is on the steering wheel, it's on the steering wheel. Then it's going to go somewhere. Come back to the steering wheel. If it's, you know, you're walking and you're thinking you're in your head, feel your feet walking on the ground. People love that one. It's a great feel one. Your feet walking. It's like three, five seconds in a match. Bring your attention back to something that you control. 
Finish the point, focus on the feet, take a deep breath, look at a tree, take control of your focus. And it gets easier to do. Yeah. Yeah. Great techniques there. Fantastic. Uh, Ronald, what is the name of your book and is it available as an audio? Great discussion. Uh, it's the best tennis of your life. You can get it on Amazon, um, on my website as well. It'll click through to Amazon. And I have, I will, you know, my course, Fearless Tennis, of course, I have Getting Tight there as well. I did a course with Craig O'Shaughnessy, great course on a match I played against Clavette that I mentioned. I talk about all the these moments and what I did and so forth. It's pretty cool. And Craig talks about strategy and how we put strategy and the mental together. So, so you check that out, getting tight, braingametennis.com. Craig O'Shaughnessy and I did that. But um, yeah, so so you can, uh, best tennis of your life, get that there. Get, a, get my free newsletter on uh, fearlesstennis.com as well. Every couple of weeks, I send something out, try to keep some research in there so it's current. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I actually had dinner with Craig last week. So a lot of fun, but uh, yeah. yeah, he's got a lot of great knowledge uh, as do you. Uh, the three trick shotters um, you talk about executing, but I tell my son who plays under 14s this message, but he hits aggressive, but loses points when he's playing pushers or kids that return high balls and slow balls. Right. Hmm. So um so the, a lot of players, especially younger players, see, you know, this whole conversation about loose and, you know, playing your game, if you will. And, you know, uh, you know, being looser, they think of it as hitting hard and hitting winners. Mm. Right? And that's an important distinction. Yeah. That, and and you know, every player has to learn the balance of what we call controlled aggression, right? Controlled aggression. And, you know, where you can hit, be, hit through the ball, hit to a big target, move, you know, build the point until you get something that you can, you can take and to pull the trigger on. But like, so, so the, he may have this binary, you know, aggressive or pushing, right. That's typically how it goes for kids. So we have to fill that in and, you know, maybe there's some patterns you can do with him and or his coach can do cross court deep, get some good depth, finishing the shot. Loose is more of a feeling, right? It's about, it's feeling looser. It's being willing to release through the ball. It's not about, okay, you know, going and hitting really hard and that's what they do. And when they play pushers, they get, can get really impatient, right? I'm, I'm imagining that's one of the things that can happen is getting impatient, trying to rush it, force it. So you have to, with players who push and it's a, a challenge, they have to see it that way because most kids hate it. And you have to sort of see it as just another piece of the puzzle here, another challenge, another mountain to climb. And, and then they build the point. They, they play controlled aggression, cross court, cross court, try to get into the net, finish it, but it's more nuanced than they're probably looking at it. So just try to edge, keep working with them, play some ping pong with them and you can you build it in there too. Cause kids are more receptive sometimes when it's and you're close right there, ping pong, you know, you can have these conversations as well, which seem to work yeah. really well with my son more so than on the court, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great technique. Uh, Heidi, Paul, can you describe the lever, uh, lever descriptions for intensity levels and focus levels? Lever descriptions. Um, I'm, I'll just take, I, I'll sort of take a shot at that lever. I mean, I think sort of trigger lever, like, um, you know, intensity. And again, one to 10, seven, eight on intensity dial loose, three, four, five in there. And that takes practice, right? Um, People, you know, lately have seemed to, in the course, really, really appreciate and apply this faster feet, you know, a little bit more energy in the feet. So lower body is moving, but the upper body is more loose, right? 
And so there's, and it's sort of a little bit like, you know, pat your head, rub your stomach, kind of thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. with a loose, but intensity in the, so it, it takes, first you got to get the looseness, right? Um, and, the, and then the, the intensity, intensity should be a foundational, like you're always really looking to move. And then focus, uh, you really want to use, you know, the ball, um, you know, keep your eyes kind of, you know, especially when you're playing the point narrow on the ball, really track the your server is in their hand and really narrow that focus. But when the point's finished, you do get a, you want to kind of broaden that for a little bit too, you know, every now and then look up, as I said, but the focus is something that shifts and it's a narrow focus when you're playing the point, the ball, the target, right. And, and then the intensity is, is high during the point. And, you know, and then the between points is a time to kind of reset. You don't want to kind of drop down into like you're walking, like you don't know where you're going. You want to walk between points with intention, with purpose. So this is an interesting question and it's more nuanced and it's a longer conversation around just finding that right balance for you with the intensity and, and focus. But these are the dials that will really make such a difference. Focus, loose and intensity. Those are the three. If you're doing those better, you're going to play better. Yeah, most definitely, Jeff. Let's see. Mikel, um, greetings from Madrid, Spain. According to Timothy Galloway in his book, The Inner Game of Tennis, should we let it happen and visualize always where we want the ball to go when we hit it? Okay, right. So, Mikel, let it happen. So, yeah, the letting it happen and making it happen are are interesting. And it's, I'm going to say it's a it's a little bit of both and it's a little bit dependent on you and how much you're forcing things or not and your personality there's a little bit of there's certainly uh, aspects of this that would require more conversation and to find that again that optimal mindset but but you know letting it happen at a certain level can become too passive for some if you're already forcing it and going for shots and aggressive and all that but missing missing on the big points because you're just trying to you're a little impatient, a little urgent. You want to sprinkle in a little more, let it, letting it happen, right? Let loose to your target, loose, sweep it, move the ball, build the point. Um, especially if they're not hurting you. If an opponent is not blowing you off the court with their forehand or their serve, and it's like you don't, you're, you don't need to be urgent, right? That's more you're generating that. So, so, so take it easy. Let it, you know, let it happen a little bit, and then and then make it happen, right? Without forcing it. It's a balance. That's what makes this game so interesting. Um, as far as visualizing, visualizing is a great technique. Seeing where you're going to go on the serve, picturing the spot uh, really briefly in your mind, um, staying out of the words. You don't want to be having too much conversation or cognitive thoughts in your mind. Visuals are way, way better, more effective. Um, you're not really doing that every time you, you, I mean, you're naturally doing that. You know, the more you play, you, I know, like if you hit the ball, Mikel, to me right now, I know when you, even maybe before you hit the ball, but certainly after you hit the ball immediately, I know where I'm going. And it's more of a picture in my mind. I know I'm going down the line. I'm going back cross court. It just, it's intuitive. But on the serve, on the return, you absolutely can visualize quick. I'm, you know, you're going to go down the line with the return, second serve return or, down the middle, or you're going to just throw up a lot, but whatever you're going to do, you can certainly picture it before it happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, but with anything, you don't want to go overboard, especially right away. You want to kind of build these in slowly and into practice as well. 
Yeah, most definitely. When I interviewed James Blake a few years ago, he said that he would visualize a lot before the match, um, just how points would go for him, and that seemed to really work well for him. So, um, yeah. So let's see, Artie. So Artie has. Uh, let's see. I, whenever I have a tournament the night before, I cannot sleep well, which I normally do. Would you suggest drinking like tea or warm milk or something like that? Like any <laughs> any thoughts on on not sleeping well because of nervousness and anxiety? Yeah. I know I get that. I do hear that a lot too. Um, yeah. So a couple things, one, and I know we're getting close on time here, right? My man. Yeah. 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 So I would say first make sure or continue to work on being aware of your thoughts, falling into the trap of outcome and future. What's fortune telling what's going to happen. I hope this happens. What if this, what if that, all the what ifs, um, you know, so you very well may be caught in that cycle, right? Um, again, I talk about this in my course, but just catching yourself falling into these should, the should trap and the future fortune telling trap. And if you are, then we want to refocus, change the channel, change the channel, get better at that, being present. Tell yourself, in fact, that you're going to tomorrow, you're really excited to be work on being a little looser. You're really excited to to, to be more, a little bit more aggressive than that. You're going to take some chances and poach or whatever, you know, like get excited, look forward to the things you have control over. Right. And genuinely. Yeah. So that could help if you're caught in outcome. And then as far as if you're waking up and it just, it's, it's in your system. And, you know, as Rafa says, he sleeps four hours before the finals, you know, playing Federer, I remember, you know, and, you know, I think when you're the more you can accept what is and don't fight it too much in this case. So you're sleeping. If you're wake up, and you're struggling to try to sleep because tomorrow, if you don't sleep, you're going to be tired and you'll be horrible. Tomorrow. You know, just be like, okay, well, at least I'm resting. I'm resting. You know, I'm not sleeping. I'm not like having the deep slumber with the, you know, with the with the uh, REM REM sleep. But I'm you're 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 safe. You you're uh, you have a roof over your head. You're resting. Resting's important. You know, your body's resting and focus on your breath and. You know, and don't worry again, the anxiety of the anxiety. Right. So so just accept it and, you know, rest. And I found and, um, you know, that uh, that you often fall asleep uh, because you're not trying to sleep. So it's it's uh, it can be really helpful. So I hope that's useful to you. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Jeff, I know you have stuff to do. We have a bunch of more questions, but we'll have to hold them off, I think. Um, but I would say, you know, uh, Jorge Capistani will be with us at 8 p.m. So you can come back and you can try to address them. Um, but obviously, I um, highly encourage you to check out um, all of Jeff's content. Uh, I have the banner here that I made. Yeah, fearlesstennis.com. And uh, Jeff, any other shout outs you want to mention in terms of uh, how people should, you know, check out what you're doing or get in touch with you and whatnot? Just, just um, I, I really just encourage you all to invite you to, to think about tennis from the standpoint of mastery and, um, and, and really working with your focus and this looseness in, in matches and practice and kind of get that contrast, that feeling, that difference. So it starts to become something you're actually aware of and a little more intentional with and, and, and keep smiling out there. And, you know, we're very lucky. Gratitude is, is really can be helpful in those tough moments. It's hard to be angry and frustrated when you're feeling grateful for the opportunity to be there. So just say that as a, a last comment and, and please do come on over and get into my community and, and get the free newsletters. Give me your email so I have it and hopefully I can send you some nuggets that will help you in your game on and off the court it would be wonderful. So thanks for tuning in today. I appreciate it, you guys.
All right. I really hope you enjoyed that discussion on how to play looser and more relaxed tennis with Jeff. And if you did, I would really appreciate it if you leave a podcast review on uh, the Apple Podcast app where you can, uh, how you can access it is by going to tennisviles.com slash Apple Podcasts or just clicking the review button in your Apple Podcasts app if you have that on your phone. Otherwise, a review on any platform will do. Really appreciate that so much. And also want to leave you with a quote, and this one is by Harvey McKay. And Harvey said, people begin to become successful the minute they decide to be. I think that's a really powerful one where, you know, improving uh, is, is done, you know, not on the court first, but first with your mind, uh, making the decision, the commitment to be consistent in improving. So uh, with that, thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. This is your faithful host, Mirabhan Aranshad, signing out. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.